0: It was kind of surreal.
1: I was there. Just after the quick. We have all the aftershocks.
0: And I could see all the chaos and destruction. Why I should continue to live if all this have to happen to me?
1: Bienvenue or welcome. I'm your host, Leslie Friday. Thank you for listening to Voices of Haiti a Partners in Health podcast that shares the stories of our Haitian colleagues as they reflect on the January 12, 2010 earthquake. Today, we hear from Dr. Anani Gretchko, who has worked for more than a decade in various roles with Zamilassante, as PIH is known in Haiti. He happened to be living abroad when the earthquake hit, and like many Haitians in his situation, his first thought was how he could best help from afar.
0: My name is Anani Gretchko Prosper. I've been collaborating with Zami Sante and PIH for 15 years. When the earthquake happened, I was in Belgium, studying and doing my Master in Disease Control. I was the first PIH staff to send an email about the earthquake. And it was like, like three sentences. There's a big earthquake happening in Haiti. A lot of people will die. We will need a lot of help. We have to start to organize the response right now. And immediately, from one single email, the entire PH network was already sharing the information and to know where we will start.
1: Like Dr. Max Oluma, whom you heard in episode three, and Dr. Patrick Ulysse in episode six and seven, Anani helped manage several camps for the displaced in Port-au-Prince, a job that was anything but easy.
0: PIH has a good and functional relationship with the Ministry of Health in Haiti and other local organizations that put us in prime positions to be the first responder when this happened because literally the government and the Ministry of Health to intervene and to help um, with this very humanitarian disaster. Typically, our camps have more than 250,000 people. The two big camps was Karadeu and Park Jean-Marie Vincent. Park Jean-Marie Vincent by itself was more than 50,000 people. The way that PIH looking at internal displaced people is not like people living in camp, but it's mostly people who have social conditions and we try to organize them as a little town. So what we did, we say, okay, we will not come to one the camp as an organization, but we will be like partners accompanying the community living in those camps. It's a different set of value It is a different set of relationship. We support them, but we help them to self-organize the camp. To be clear, what we did, we subdivided the camp by sections, and each section has a team, a team between seven to nine people, and each section was approximately between five to seven thousand inhabited in those camps. So from there, we have integrated social services, including access to health quality health care, access to basic needs like water, food, and other hygiene and, and sanitation purposes. And we have subcommittee looking at the school, the safety, and the mental health, what is happening. We have people that we try to organize that. So from there, Zami Santé was able to literally organize the, the camp as some little village where you have different level of responsibility.
1: Anani and Zami La Santé staff worked day and night to meet the needs of hundreds of thousands of people living in the camps, which were each the size of small cities. Every morning started with a situation report in which the team assessed overall safety and addressed emerging problems.
0: Then we're looking at what type of need happening over the past 24 hours we were unable to address, meaning that looking at the failure over the past 24 hours and from there learn from those failures and try to improve the services. Parallel to that, we have the open of the clinical care services because the clinical care services was directly under the responsibility of PIH. And I'm talking about more than 250,000 people. The clinic starts by 7.30. And the patient flow, I will say that depending on the camp, but every day at least we have something like 800 people that we have to see every day. Something is very important to mention about the typical flow. People who was in that camp have some needs that any health needs. And on top of that, the earthquake brings additional burden. I'm talking about mental health issue. I'm about psychosomatic stress. I'm, th- I'm talking about social um, need. And in that response, every day, when we're looking at the flow, we have to have an idea on the mental health issue. All this was organized? What is the key? Um, clients that need additional treatment what other patients that have psychiatric need. We add screening for HIV, tuberculosis, and measles because those two key aspects, um, there's a huge need for us to screen and also to be able to provide the services. So it was really, really a big operation and to organize the life in those camps.
1: Anani knew better than most people what life was like in such camps. Six years before the earthquake, he'd lived in one himself in the northern coastal city of Gonaiv.
0: After the flood in Gonaive in 2004, it was my first year in the countryside as a young MD. And I spent six weeks living under the tent as a refugee as well. And one thing that I learned when you are living in the camp, As an internal displaced people, you are like a half human being. You have to go to pee and you need to ask someone permissions or you have to need a schedule to go to pee. The time to eat, have a specific schedule. To take a shower, have a specific schedule. It's like you are a human being, but actually everything that you are doing, you need someone to give you the permissions and the authorizations. Because of this personal experience, and I'm a son of Zami La Santé, a son of Partners in Health. I know that when we are dealing with people, the respect has to be there, the dignity has to be there. So we consider them as human beings, and they have some basic human rights. We understand that people who are living in the camp, they are not fragile because living in the camp. They are even fragile, vulnerables, because of the social and economic condition that was there before. So when we start by providing the healthcare services, the mental health issues was high, because people say, we are already poor, and this happened to us, this earthquake, what wrong that we did? And you find people not only having the consequences of the stress, but you start people even asking they also, on themselves, what is the purpose of life? Why I should continue to live if all this have to happen to me? So, we, beside the support, we also had psychologists, clinicians that come to provide group therapy, focus group, and also some um, treatment, because some of the cases require treatment. You find father that didn't feel that they are playing the role as a father to protect their family. You find mom who wake up and crying because they don't know what they will provide to their, uh, to their family. If we didn't include the mental health support as a key component of the Zambia response, we will end up providing sure some portable water some food but we will have a major major crisis of people that don't know or even to manage their personal life we had some people that present some very very severe um manifestation of the stress psychosomatic but also we have people that develop some denial about this and people that go to church instead of to stay at home and to take care of their family. And this required time, time, and working, focus group, and to have people in coming back. And by talking about that, so all the emotion come back, and you know when you are in charge of this, you go back to bed, and every day before you sleep, you ask yourself, if I did my best today to save the life. Because the needs were so huge. You never should that you provide the maximum that you can do.
1: It's worth pausing here. Remember, Anani and his team were working more than 12-hour days, every day. Self-care was a luxury. It was a guilty pleasure. And yet, Anani questioned whether he was doing enough. The interesting thing is that Anani was not unique in feeling that way. He and his colleagues were dedicated to giving their all for as long as that took.
0: One of the advantage that the Zamila Santé team and the Partners in Health team had is that we are doing this job because we like what we are doing, and we work closely for years. I will say that. 75 or 80% of the ZL and PIG staff that was leading the response are people who have been working together at least for five years. So we know each other. We know or we complement each other, our weakness, and how to support us. And one thing also when you are working with Partners in Health and Zamila Sante, it is a little family. They have your back. Provide the best you can put the patient first, we have a slogan, we say that. The patients are the boss. (laughs) So we have to make sure that we are in good line with the boss. So because of that, we have have this friendship and we have this work environment. And if um, a team from Boston is there, they come to looking at what is happening and what next can be fixed, or they can help. They are not there to judge us. And this work environment was the first support that we have to manage this toll. We talk about the mental issue on the people living in the camp. But we are also human beings. And actually we spend the day in the camp. So we were subject to the same emotional toll and the mental health issue. When you are building an emergency response team that we go to the field, consider you are sending them to the battlefield. The confidence between them, the friendship between them, have to be there. Because you cannot go to the battlefield and to not show that the guy beside you, whatever happened, is there for you and has your back.
1: There is comfort in that sort of camaraderie. It's knowing that the person walking beside you will be there for the long haul. Because the obstacles Anani and his team, and all of Haiti, faced in those early months and years after the earthquake, were enormous. The capital city had fallen, and with it, hundreds of thousands of people had died or been injured or left homeless. That kind of mass devastation cannot be overcome in a decade.
0: So when people is looking at the consequences of the earthquake, do not look in at the time to rebuild the building. Looking at the time and the support Haiti will need to rebuild another generation's that have been trained and competent that can replace all those lost. And 10 years cannot be enough to rebuild the generations. The help that we have to bring to Haiti, it has to be consistent, it has to be in line with the need from Haiti, specific need of Haiti. And I would say at least we need 25 years of support and collaborations to rebuild another generations. I'm talking about school, I'm talking about quality food, quality healthcare and financial support to redevelop Haiti. I would say the earthquake is sad, but the earthquake brings us as human beings to understand how fragile we are and how we have to build close collaboration to our neighbor. So, and I've been always proud to be part of the ZL of Exame La Santé and PIH family. And I'm looking forward to continue through this big family, or I can continue to help my country and other Haitian citizens.
1: Continue to learn and explore more stories about Zami Lasante and PIH by visiting pih.org Haiti. Follow Voices of Haiti on Spotify, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And look for us at Partners in Health on Instagram or at PIH on Twitter and DM us with any comments or questions. As always, thank you for listening and talk to you again on the next episode.